It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast is presented by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here for you to get ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. And, man, I had to have a couple Pepsis to keep me up through this Eagles game, and it got exciting towards the end. And Pepsi is always the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch. Pepsi, made for watching football. All right, everybody, welcome on into the post-game show following the Eagles' 22-21 comeback victory over the New York Giants. And, man, this was – it was a NFC East matchup, to say the least. And I'm your host, Gino Camilleri, as always. And, man, Lou left me alone to talk about this one, and there were some up-and-down moments all throughout this game. And, frankly – Winning ugly in the NFL is something that, frankly, it doesn't matter if it's pretty. A win is a win in the stat sheet. At the end of the day, every matchup in the NFC East is basically two wins. So getting a win any way imaginable is what this Eagles team set out to do tonight. And even when adversity overcame them, this team found a way to do it. And we're going to start there with how this game finished, and we'll work our way back through this game here. But, man, oh, man, Carson Wentz, what more can this kid do? I just don't know what to say. Four straight weeks now he has led this team and put them in a chance to win in the fourth quarter of football games. And this team is down 21-10 with 6-17 left in the fourth quarter. Man, this wasn't a miracle at the Meadowlands, and frankly, it wasn't a miracle at all, in my opinion, because I don't even think this game should have been close. I think the way Carson Wentz was playing, if a lot of players around them made some plays, I don't think this game is close. But at the end of the day, Carson Wentz, man, he settled in when it had mattered. Another game where his EPA, his most efficient game of the season, scoring in at a .22 EPA per play, and Frankly, I think you really have seen Carson Wentz cement himself as the guy once again here in Philadelphia. And when this team needed a win and when the special teams wasn't going right and the defense wasn't going right, I think it all came down once again to number 11. And even the lone starter on offense, Jason Kelsey, who usually is the brightest spot of that offensive line, when he lets them down late and gets a a late face mask call, Carson Wentz says, you know what? I'm going to once again put this game on my back after leading one scoring drive. I'm going to go and take this team on another scoring drive and throws an absolute gem to Boston Scott and arguably one of the best throws I've ever seen Carson Wentz make and context to when it matters the most in the fourth quarter, leading another fourth quarter comeback drive. And once again, you are in competition for the first seed in the NFC East. And it's crazy to say, but this win was huge. I think you move forward and get this ugly win off of your back, 
look at the tape, clean up the bad plays, which there were several of them. And I would say a lot more by the defense than the offense this go around. And man, I, I, I don't know what more to say about this defense. And we'll talk about it as we get back. But when it's all said and done, when the kicking team didn't go right, when the return unit wasn't going right, when the defense couldn't make stops towards the end of the game and it took a perfect Daniel Dimes throw to be dropped by Evan Ingram to even get this team into a chance to score a late quarter comeback drive. The one unit that did it was this offense and not just Carson Wentz. Man, Boston Scott ran incredibly heavy towards the end of the game there. He had question marks if he could be the guy for this team when Miles Sanders is out. I think you answered a few of those questions in terms of the passing game. I still don't think he was as effective in the running game as other guys, maybe like a Jason Huntley could have been in some of those downs. But frankly, Miles Sanders being out is unfortunate. At the end of the day, though, I look at this this win, and before we get into the particulars of it, I have to say hats off once again to Doug Peterson and how he gets his guys to fight week in and week out. And man, I don't think there's any, there was much interest from the national outlook in terms of this game coming into tonight. I mean, you have a one, four and one team now two four and one going up against a one and five team. It doesn't excite too many people, but it excites the guys in the locker room and Doug Peterson, you just see what, what the giants just did late in this game and crumbled against a more experienced Eagles team. And what Dallas did a couple days ago when they just completely went, I would say into complete dumpster fire mode with how they just quit playing. And I don't ever think in Doug Peterson's regime that you have seen this team quit playing. I think maybe the new Orleans game a couple years ago possibly was the one time, but in games that it mattered, no matter what the spread was, no matter how many guys they had injured, no matter what the national media was saying, he got his guys when it mattered the most to go out and compete. And what he did the last three weeks in terms of offense, I think has been quite the turnaround. You're scoring your 25 points a game in these last three to four games here. This is where your offense needs to be. And frankly, this Eagles team, man, hopefully this was a spark to really get them cooking. It wasn't the ugliest wasn't the prettiest. I mean, it was definitely the ugliest win I've seen the Eagles have in quite some time. But at the end of the day, a win is a win. And I've never been more happy to be two, four, and one supporting my Philadelphia Eagles. And as we get back into it, I, I want to touch on some some points in this game where I really think the Eagles uh, let themselves down before we kind of get into another positive outlook in segment three. But before we get there, this segment was brought to you by our sponsors at rock auto with the ever increasing number of makes models fiat's kia you guys know them by now it is impossible to stock all your parts that you need in a traditional stain uh change storefront so why endure often pointless or seamless intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on the computer choosing only the brand in his warehouse that they happen to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket one reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money and that you can use the other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% or more or the exact same amounts at the chain store or a new car dealership? 
Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAutos.com prices are the same for everybody and reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is a familiar business and serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for you auto and body part needs from hundreds of manufacturers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, everybody. Welcome on into segment two of this wrap-up edition of this week seven matchup between the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants, which ended up being a W for the Philadelphia Eagles at the end of the day. When it was all said and done, it came down right to the last couple seconds of the game for Carson Wentz to deliver one of his best throws I've ever seen him make to put this team out in front. But let's start at the beginning and how we got there. I think that there is a real problem that this team cannot get more than one unit ready to play at any given time because when I look at the special teams unit, I think they once again let this team down. You saw the momentum that that Jake Elliott missed just completely took out from under the air of this team. The defense, once again, I think 21 points is too much to Daniel Jones. Allowing that 80-yard run when they were backed up to their own end zone was terrible allowing them to get out from the two-yard line when Doug Peterson went for it on fourth down and trusted his defense to make a stop. They once again couldn't do it, and you have to contextualize the game. And 22-21, to frankly, isn't an acceptable victory to me because I don't think the Giants even did enough to put up seven points on offense. I think a lot of it was shooting yourself in the foot when it came down to it missed field goals, bad returning, allowing the team to lose the field position battle when it came down to it. The defense allowing way too many chunk plays. Once again, I don't know what it is if they just can't get the right set of personnel out there, if they just don't have the correct personnel. But when I look at it, I just think they're still doing the same things over and over again. I mean, When you're going to blitz Daniel Jones and it's third and eight, you're once again playing your corners 12 yards off. There's no reason they convert. I mean, you look at it, and we've talked about it once again, that they are just allowing big third and long opportunities to go by the wayside and you can't get off the field. And when the offense simply needed a little bit of field position to get going, and the one time they did – The special teams unit let them down by missing the kick when they got into the red zone. So when I look at it, I think the three biggest downfalls were definitely the kicking game, definitely the situational defense, and I think the worst of all the matters is the red zone offense. There is a real issue 
in terms of this red zone offense. Doug Peterson said last week why they ran that play on the two-point conversion and never took a timeout was because they had, quote-unquote, exhausted all their options for red zone plays. So I don't know about you, Doug, but going into this game where you think you should be scoring a lot of points and be in the red zone quite a, a lot, which they were, you would try to bring some innovation into your red zone. And what do they do? No, they don't do that much at all. I mean, the the biggest innovation you saw was a, a three lineman set with Jalen Hurts, and he was the only option with the entire defense only having to read Jalen Hurts. And the creativity in the red zone play calling is a definite issue because I think the last drive kind of painted the picture of where this team succeeds, and they succeed from twenty yards out. When they when they're in the red zone, they really struggle. I mean. I don't think Doug does himself any favor with his play calling at all, but it took that penalty to open up the field for them to deliver that strike to Boston Scott. And you look to the drive prior, that huge strike to John Hightower, they were completely backed up on a third and long situation, and Carson just aired it out. So when they get between the red zone, both offense and defense, they definitely have an issue that they need to turn around in a quick fashion, especially going up against Dallas in 10 days. But 10 days is quite amount, a quite a fair amount of time to prepare, so you hope that they would turn it around. And before we get into any particulars in terms of players, I, I want to look at the tape in terms of the good and the bad and the ugly of this game. But I just want to say that when I looked at this offensive line, I didn't expect them to play – to the tier that they have the last four weeks. And as much as the stat sheet may say it's ugly and the amount of pressures that they have allowed, they've gone up against three defenses and even four in the last, if you count the San Francisco team that was beaten and battered. And they frankly have battled from start to finish. And you see guys like Sua Opeta going out there and getting playing time now, and even Nate Herbig. And yes, it isn't the prettiest sight in the world yes these guys truly are the big uglies but I think when you look at this team a lot of people are going to look at those stats and those pressure numbers and say yeah this offensive line hasn't played great in the last couple weeks but don't let them fool you and that's why I wanted to touch on it before we got into the next segment because Carson Wentz he's running for his life man, I, I think these guys are giving him enough time because if you look at the time to throw numbers, Carson's still up there and he, he's at 2.7 to 3.1 in the last couple of weeks. So they're still giving him some time. So hats off to them before we wrap it up here in segment three, where we're going to touch on some more positive notes because it's been negative on the Philly chat lines the last couple of weeks. But we are here after a victory, and I want to be positive on this positivity pod we call the Locked On Eagles podcast. And as always, we are brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for the game, and no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for the, those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for watching football. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, everybody. Wrapping up this final segment here on this win it's weird to say it's a, it's a winning edition here of this follow-up show after beating the New York Giants 22 to 21 at Lincoln Financial Field. We'll just hit some quick stat numbers here. Carson Wentz goes 25 of 43 for 359 yards, averaging 8.3 yards a strike with two touchdowns, one interception, interception being sacked three times for 13 yards. Leading rusher was Boston Scott for 12 carries at 46. The leading receiver, one man who I did not think would average 14.2 yards, get six receptions and 85 yards in this game, Richard Rodgers, stepped up in a big way in the absence of Ertz and Goddard being out. Travis Fulham, once again, he is held without a touchdown for the first time in three games, goes five receptions for 73 yards. And then John Hightower, the number three receiver in terms of yards this game. But man, oh man, the one reception he had was huge. 59-yard dime from Carson Wentz. And man, oh man, was this offense in the last six minutes and 17 seconds fun to watch. But once again, Brandon Graham was the individual who solidified this game. And you're going to talk about edge rushers in this time period, and you're going to look at the J.J. Watts of the world, and you're going to look at the Chandler Joneses, these guys that have incredible sack numbers. Brandon Graham has never been that guy. He's never been a 10-sack-a-year type of guy, but he's a guy who plays hard, is there when you need him, and frankly, as he is aging, he's aging like a fine wine because – Prior to this season, he's never had a 10-sack season. He's already got six through seven games. And if he continues to be as dominant as he has been coming off the edge, I frankly think he'll get there. And it has a lot to do with the other guys on the interior being Hassan Ridgeway and even T.Y. McGill was in there today. And Fletcher Cox is playing some of the best ball that I've seen out of him if they could just get the three tiers of the defense all clicking at the same time, it could be a devastating unit because, man, you're getting to the quarterback consistently. And I think Schwartz tonight in situational play calling when he needed to dial up some blitzes was good on occasion. At other times, I think towards the end of the game, he could have let up on the blitzes a little bit. But early on when Daniel Jones was rattled, you really saw him going after the quarterback, sending DB, sending Josh Sweat, allowing these guys to get after it. And I think if you just can figure out your linebacking core and get any type of production out of them in the coverage game and just tinker with the man coverage and the zone coverage on the back end, that this defensive unit could be a lot better. But, man, you, you can't allow this Giants team to have 360 yards. I, I It's just – unforgivable in my opinion but once again we're sitting here talking about a bad 
unit as a whole, but great individual performances in terms of the defensive line. Darius Slay got beat at times, I think. Nickel Roby Coleman got beat at times once again, but Rodney McLeod was solid on the back end tonight. I think Singleton was all over the field. Nate Geary had some moments in the blitz game where he came out there and played well. But in terms of the defense, I think the the front four came out there and really did what they had to do. Just coverage, once again, really got to them. In terms of offense, outside of Carson Wentz, I thought Boston Scott towards the end of the game really came up huge. John Hightower, talk about a kid who really answered after that big drop last game, has now come out and had two 50-plus yard, or I think 49-plus yard receptions late in games when it mattered, and that's huge because they haven't had guys like this. And, I mean, Deshaun, before he got hurt, they were trying to get shots for him, and you saw them trying to push Fulham down the field. And Hightower really has been that one shining light in that area since Jalen Rager and Deshaun have been hurt, and they've needed that. And Lou and I, you can go back to the draft and talk about why did they draft so many guys that could push the ball down the field because that's how they like to work their offense. Just look at some of these numbers today from average yards per reception in this game. Richard Rodgers, 14.2. Travis Fulham, 14.6. John Hightower, 59. Boston Scott, 15.3. Deshaun Jackson, 11.3. Corey Clement, 12.0. Greg Ward, 8.4. And even JJ had eight yards per reception. Their lowest receiver per yards per reception was under, wasn't below eight yards. So you talk about this offense identity. They have to push the ball down the field. And I finally think they are allowing Carson to, to let the Bronco buck, as they say on Twitter, LTBB, let him go out there. I love that they're letting him throw 43-plus times. I think you could have probably even let him throw more. I don't think the running game was working at all. In terms of efficiency, every single person running the football tonight outside of the Deshaun Jackson end around had a negative EPA grade. So once again, you had to turn to this passing game, which at the end of the game turned out to be exactly what you needed. And I think that is one area that this team can continue to build on because the next couple matchups, when you go against Dallas next week, and when you play the Giants again, and then you play the Browns and all those teams in the NFC, like the Saints and Green Bay and New Orleans, or I said the Saints, I mean the Seahawks, rather, you're going to have to push the ball down the field and score 25-plus points a game. You're finally on track in that department. If the kicking game can turn it around, if the situational defense can turn it around, I think this team is very close to being able to capitalize on at least getting one home field advantage game in the playoffs if they were to win the NFC East. And today was just the stepping stone. Was it the greatest game I've ever seen in terms of this Eagles team play? No, it was not. Was it the worst game I've ever seen this Eagles team play? No. It was an ugly game for sure, but when it mattered, and I I want people to realize that, when this team has their backs against the wall, whether it be record, whether it be the score in the game, whether it be injuries, This team has answered the call, and I think every single time we've seen it, dating back to 2017, the key spark has been Doug Peterson and his messaging, and you're only going to continue to win football games in this league against teams that haven't overcome adversity 
the more you overcome adversity. And it's just another, another notch on the nightstand for Doug Peterson in ways that he has just continued to get his team to fight. And that's what matters in the NFC East, a, a, a gritty division, a division that is going to take you to the final 40 seconds of a game to win games. And it might take you a Jake Elliott 63-yard field goal, which we may never see again at the end of a game to, to put you into a playoff spot. But here we are in another gritty matchup with the New York Giants, seeing the Eagles come out on top now with a 2-4-1 record. Ten days before they have to take on the Dallas Cowboys, an Andy Dalton-led Cowboys team. And right now, if I had to place a bet, I would put all my chips on Carson Wentz leading this team to a playoff appearance. May it be at 7-8-1. May it be at 6-9-1. May it be 5-10-1. This team always has a chance with Doug Peterson and 11 at the helm. They just have a few areas to clean up but they're getting better every single week. You could see the progress. You could see the youth starting to really figure it out. You could start to see the cohesion on offense and defense in terms of these guys really getting to mesh well with each other. And Doug Peterson's going to say it this week, more than likely that they're only a few plays away. I truly believe that they're only a few plays away. Tonight they were only a few plays away from really putting this game away early on. But here we are once again talking about a gritty matchup with the Giants that they fortunately came out on top on. And a win is a win. Winning ugly in this league is better than losing pretty. So thank you guys, as always, for joining me on this very exciting night, seeing the Eagles move to 2-4-1, being at the head of the NFC East as it stands until we find out the result of the Dallas Cowboys game come Sunday. But Lou and I will be back on the airwaves as we review this game and start to get into the Dallas week game, which we always know is the most exciting matchup of the season. But thank you guys, as always, for downloading and listening. Thank you guys for tuning in very late or in the morning, wherever you are listening to it, whenever you are downloading. Thank you, as always, for joining us here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. I am Gino Camilleri, your co-host. You can find us on Twitter at LockdownBirds. You can find Lou at DBRCLOE. Find us on LockdownEagles.com. Find the podcast on Apple, Stitcher, SoundCloud, anywhere where you guys get your podcasts. And come on back for the next episode and the next one because being an Eagles fan, it's always exciting. Bleeding green is always fun. And I will say it until the day I die, fly, Eagles, fly. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.